0: From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A Juno resident was arrested Wednesday for alleged theft and arson in connection to Monday's structure fire on La Perouse Avenue. On Monday, Juno police had received several 911 calls regarding a structure fire on the 9400 block of La Perouse. It was reported that the fire was on the first floor of the building complex, which contains storage units, with the second story being apartments. It was also reported that several people were still inside the second floor apartments and were trying to evacuate the building. Firefighters and police arrived to heavy smoke, flames, and people trying to evacuate the building. According to Juno Police, while the building was on fire, at least six occupants had to be evacuated from the burning building. The fire was suppressed, but the building sustained heavy damages. Damage cost, according to the fire marshal, is an estimated total of $350,000. There were no reported injuries. Police Lt. Craig Campbell.
1: During the preliminary investigation, it was determined that the fire appeared to be intentionally set and a suspect was identified. The fire appears to be related to an incident earlier in the evening when the suspect showed up at one of the apartments looking for a piece of property. It is alleged that the suspect pried off a license plate from a vehicle in a nearby parking lot and then set the fire. On August 3, 2022, officers contacted the identified suspect, 28-year-old Juno resident Adele Maezado Padaya.
0: She was placed under arrest and taken to the Lemon Creek Correctional Center. JPD said Maezado Padilla is currently being charged with one count of arson in the first degree and one count of theft in the fourth degree. Former Governor Bill Walker and his running mate for Lieutenant Governor Heidi Dragas sat down for an interview this week with the Alaska Landmine. Walker and Drygis were asked about their thoughts on a number of issues. Walker spoke specifically to the PFD and said he thought the energy rebate check this year was a good idea.
1: I think what the, the leadership from the legislature on, on doing the energy rebate, I thought was uh, was wise. We certainly supported that. We appreciate that. That's been done before by uh, uh, Governor Palin. I did that in 2008 when oil went to 147. Cool. So, so that's not, that was good that the legislature did that. So, you know, as long as the, the dividend is sustainable, we're not overdrawing it is, is, is a big concern. And, but we need to make it more predictable. We need to take it, resolve it in such a way that it's not the political football taking up in an in inordinate amount of time in, in the legislative session because a lot of good laws don't get passed, a lot of bad laws do get passed because they're, they're juggling about the, the dividend. It's always sort of the, the, the leverage point on so many different things when not. So that's what we would do. The very first thing we would do is sit down with the legislators, sit down with Alaska. similar to what we did before when we had a $4 billion hole in our budget.
0: Walker also explained why he had to dip into the PFD to fund state services during his term as governor.
1: A $26 oil, uh, oil companies can lay down a drill rig, um, I can't lay down education, public safety, you know, the, 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 you know, the, services people depend upon. So that's why we, we, you know, by, by making the adjustment we did on the dividend, uh, we're enabled, enabled us with the legislature to pass the, the Permanent Fund Protection Act. Which is Senate Bill 26 for a structured draw. So it was a precursor to that to get. Uh, we went from 90% dependent on oil down to 30% because 70% of our revenues now come from earnings of the of the permanent fund. So we're almost there. We just need to go up to 100 billion dollars.
0: Drake has spoke to what it will be like to see many new faces in Juneau if the pair make it to the third floor of the Capitol.
1: And I think it's going to be challenging. Um, it's always good to get new perspectives in Juneau, um, but there is something to be said for having or maintaining some institutional knowledge in Juneau. I do think that the last few years, as we've seen quite a bit of turnover, um, how difficult it is to to get things done when there isn't that continuity of um, of, of how things work, um, you know, for the betterment of, of the body as a whole. Um, there's just, you know, it's, it was interesting to watch the the caucus of equals.
0: Walker said he is optimistic because of what he calls a unity ticket between him and Dragus. I
1: kind of look at the, my glasses half full kind of approach to to new folks coming in the legislature. So we'll see we'll see who is there. But you know, I like it not just about us being independents. We're really a unity ticket. I mean, kinda of like we had before. Uh you know, so I mean, Heidi is more to the left, not just on this couch, but I'm more to the <laughs> left and I'm I'm more to the right. And and so we are actually a unity ticket. And I, I like it that way because um you know we bring we invite all all you know sides of an issue if you will in into the discussion into at the table Uh, Not just, you know, this is where we are and and either with us or against us, whatnot. So I like, I really like the unity uh, ticket concept.
0: Audio courtesy of the Alaska landmine. The three candidates standing for the special congressional election for Alaska's U.S. House seat appeared on a candidate forum on KINY. At the end of the forum, the candidates were asked to offer their concluding thoughts on their respective campaigns. Sarah Palin said it's time to do what's right for the state.
2: Life is too short to be grumpy and mean and negative and so obsessively partisan, for one, that they let uh, partisanship get in the way of, of just doing what's right for the people of Alaska. So I really appreciate this opportunity. And I will put to good use the connections that I have throughout Alaska, throughout the nation, throughout the world to make sure that Alaska's interests are met. I appreciate the endorsements that I have by the NRA, Right to Life, unique groups like bikers across America and bikers for Trump, uh, those who represent just freedom-loving, hard-working people who want the best for one another, for families, for communities, for a great nation.
0: Begich spoke to what he calls the future potential of Southeast Alaska and beyond. I'm excited about the opportunity to represent you in Congress. I believe that there's so much latent potential in Southeast Alaska that has yet to be unlocked. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of potential that, again, it's not just good for, for us. It's good for the generations to come. One of the things that I hear over and over again as I travel the state from parents is that they're worried that there's not opportunities in the state of Alaska for their kids and their grandkids. I want to make sure that we have those opportunities, that we do meet the promise of north to the future, of America's last frontier. I want to make sure that, that we can
2: deliver on that promise
0: Mary Poltola laid out her deep connections to the region in her closing argument.
2: I think in Alaska, we've got six states within our state and uh, Southeast is certainly its own unique um, region of our state. And it's got its own unique challenges and opportunities. And um, I have a very long history of um, being in Southeast Alaska. Uh, two of my kids are Klinkit. Um, we belong to the Quashquan clan out of Yakutat. And, um, you know, I just have a lot of relationships with folks down here in, in Southeast over the years. Um, my daughter's going to be going to school at Mount Edgecombe this year. She'll be in ninth grade. My son will be in 11th grade at JDHS.
0: The special general election to fill Don Young's remaining term is set for August 16th. An Alaska newspaper reports that two Anchorage police officers violated department policy during a traffic stop last month when a woman in town for a rally by former President Donald Trump showed a white privilege card instead of a driver's license and was not ticketed. However, the Anchorage Daily News reports it's not clear what policy was violated or what disciplinary actions, if any, the officers faced because the department is treating it as a confidential personnel matter. Mimi Isreala says she was heading for a pizza after arriving in Anchorage when she was pulled over for weaving. She couldn't find her license but handed a novelty white privilege card to officers. A video she shot shows one officer replying, That's hilarious. A former police chief was able to take postings at multiple successive U.S. Army bases despite allegations that he sexually harassed women at one base. The Wisconsin State Journal obtained documents from an Army investigation into Ryan Cunningham. He became police chief at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin in 2016, months after an investigation at Fort Wainwright in Alaska. Found he sexually harassed a female army sergeant and made unwanted advances towards her and other women while he was the acting police chief there. Cunningham resigned while the investigation was ongoing. He left Fort McCoy in January of 2020. He became temporary police chief at the Aberdeen Approving Ground in Maryland. Cunningham no longer works there and he has declined to comment to the Associated Press. You're listening to News of the North. The city and borough of Juneau held an assembly finance committee on Wednesday. Deputy city manager Robert Barr spoke about what was addressed during the meeting on the KINY morning show.
3: The assembly uh, had a a really good discussion on the expansion of tax abatement. So tax abatement is one of those strategies that the assembly has been using and is uh, looking at continuing to use to address um, housing, really the housing crisis that we have in Juneau. Um, and what, what the discussion really centered around utilizing that tool, tax abatement, to seek to incentivize um, denser types of workforce housing. So think apartment buildings. Um, so that's that's a kind of a gap in the housing market that we've been seeing in development in recent years. So uh, that was a good conversation.
0: Barr said the committee also addressed a number of other issues, from sales tax breaks to the Diamond Field House, and the city's restricted budget reserve.
3: They also uh, passed a, a sales tax exemption for veteran addition to does the same thing there. Uh, they approved an addition to field house staffing, so the Diamond Park Field House, it's a facility that is um, that is newly under parks and rec control, uh, and, and we, uh, we we haven't been able to fully staff it. Uh, and hopefully with this addition, we'll be able to, although of course recruitment will, will now be the, the major challenge there. Um, The Assembly also received an update on the Restricted Budget Reserve.
0: Barr went in-depth about what the Budget Reserve is and how the city uses it.
3: The Restricted Budget Reserve is uh, something that was created back in 2012, and Assemblies since then have been working on growing it. You can think of it as like... The rainy day funds, rainy day funds, right? We have a budget reserve that is kind of the normal budget reserve, and then we have the restricted budget reserve, and the restricted budget reserve requires a plan to pay it back if you use it. We haven't had to use it, and the assembly is looking at continuing to grow it, so
0: good things there. And Barr discussed an affordable housing project for downtown.
3: The last topic they discussed was the Gastineau Lodges project, and this is an affordable housing project. Um, apartment building proposed project for downtown uh, and that organization that's working on that is seeking a loan from the CBJ affordable housing fund. Um, And they had a good conversation about how to sort of navigate that loan process while, while uh, mitigating the city's risk and exposure to, uh, to lending money.
0: Barr said the city is at an impasse in contract negotiations with I A. FF, the firefighters union in Juneau.
3: About three weeks ago, I indicated uh, on the radio that I believed that negotiations were close to completion with all of our unions. Um, there's there's one that we're still working with, so borough of Juno and IFF Local 4303 continue to negotiate. We haven't reached an agreement uh, on the terms of a new contract as of today. We're at impasse and, and seeking mediation services. We both, management and the union, really do look forward to successful resolution of differences with the assistance of a professional mediator.
0: that City Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. The Cake Dog Salmon Festival is back this weekend. The festival this year is set for Saturday, August 6th in Cake. Organizer Rissa Jackson spoke about the event on the KINY Morning Show. She brought up the weather forecast ahead of the festival.
2: The latest I saw was rain early in the morning and then maybe some showers throughout the day. but. It's a good thing we're Southeast Alaskans, right? We don't plan on letting the rain stop us, but if it gets out of control, um, the community hall will be right there since the events are in the parking lot. So if all goes terrible, we can always head inside.
0: The Alaska Marine Highway System has contracted Gold Belt's catamaran to bring people in for the weekend of the Cakes Dog Salmon Festival. According to to Marine Highway spokesperson Sam Dapsovich, Tickets can be reserved at FerryAlaska.com under the Sailing Search tab. A maximum of 100 passengers can be booked and no freight is allowed. Flights are also available through Alaska Seaplanes. The
2: Catamaran is planning on coming in tomorrow, leaving Juneau at 6 a.m., and it stops in Angoon and then gets to cake at about 1.30 p.m. I was informed yesterday for the people traveling on it, that you'll need to please bring food for the ride. If you're coming from Juno, you know, you'll want to do breakfast and lunch, and maybe just lunch. Um, but yeah, bring some snacks and stuff. I'm supposed to find out from someone if there is a microwave on board, so I'll post about it on the Dog Salmon Festival event page once I find out.
0: Jackson said there will also be live music if the weather holds.
2: I found out yesterday that one of the Alaska Sea pilots Seaplanes pilots got approved to come down for the day of the festival and do live music for us. So I'm hoping the weather is good. His name is Sam Riggs. Um, thanks, Sam, for coming down to do that. I heard that he might even be bringing his wife and daughters. So I'm excited, and I hope that they make it down and they have a good time.
0: And she said of the events that are planned for Saturday.
2: We have a lot planned still, even with the forecast. Uh, we're excited. I'm so excited to see everyone. I hope everyone has safe travels. That's coming to cake from somewhere else and a good time. And my thank you list is so long for all the people supporting, and donating and helping out with the festival. I just want to send big love to everyone that has played a part and done anything for this festival. I really appreciate everything. Um, and cake people i just love you i hope you just have the best time too so yeah we're gonna it's gonna be a good time so i still have a lot of faith that we're we're still gonna have a lot of fun
0: never miss a story or a newscast at kinyradio.com now you're up to date for news of the north this is kevin allen